to welcome it to a warm bit of host with Julius Junius Stancardo Stanton. Face is Professor Griff. You're listening to Junius. Ricardo Stanton, straight up, we're teaching you all those things you need to know from the neck up, alright? We're definitely doing a checkup from the neck up. This is Professor Griffin, Public Enemy, the ex-minister. I'm out. Peace. Welcome to another edition of Akoban. Akoban, the war horn. The Akoban is an Indinkra word and symbol of the Akan people who reside in Ghana, West Africa. It is a specially carved animal's horn that makes a unique and distinct sound. Traditional villagers use it as a call for alertness, preparation, readiness, and in extreme cases, mobilization. We sound the Akoban to inform you about critical issues, intriguing ideas, and interesting personages who fall through the cracks of the corporatist media and a monopoly digital platforms. We encourage you to stay tuned, and we'll be right back following these messages. My name is Junius Ricardo Stanton, and you're tuned in to Aquaband. Greetings to the Internet Radio family. This is Reverend Valentine speaking. You know, for nearly 30 years, I have had the distinct experience of being interviewed over every medium of communication available to the public. And except for the metaphysical underground, I can think of no other electronic venue that has been more progressive, more innovative, more insightful, more diligent, more diverse in its demographics, and more courageously supportive of the truth than this ever-growing phenomenon called Internet Radio. And this is precisely why I'm here to tell you that it is so vital that you give your wholehearted support to it. Tell a friend. In fact, tell two, three, and four of your friends. If you are a business owner, support Internet Radio by telling your customers and constituents all about it. Let them know that there is a legitimate and important substitute to all of the prefabricated, super-censored garbage polluting our public airways today. Don't allow the mass media to continue to treat you like a mindless consumer drone. Enhance your awareness. Indulge your critical thinking, your reasoning, and your analysis. Do as I do. Log on, listen in, and then let it be known all about your internet radio experience. Chimatep, beloved family, thank you for listening. Walk in light. This is a meditative, relaxing moment with Junius Ricardo Stanton encouraging you to relax. Let your shoulders drop naturally, normally. Breathe in through your nose. Take a deep breath. Let your abdomen expand. Relax. Hold it for a count of five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, let your abdomen sink in. Relax, 
Take a deep breath. Inhale. Let your abdomen expand. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale. Softly. Relax. Monitor your thoughts. Don't resist what you see, the images. Relax, focus on your breathing. Inhale deep, let your abdomen expand. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, relax. Continue to monitor your breathing. Focus only on your breathing. Relax. Let the tension flow outward from you. Inhale. Fully, fully expand your abdomen. Fill your lungs with life-giving oxygen and air. Hold it. Five, four, three, two, one. Exhale. Relax, relax, relax. Perk up and be prepared to resume your day in an extremely relaxed state of mind, being, and health. Till next time, stay strong and stay healthy. Welcome back, and on this edition of Akuban, the Warhorn, we're going to share a piece that I've written. It hasn't been published yet. Uh, you will probably see it very shortly. It's entitled, Things We Should Know. Quote, many of the problems with Moderna that Garde identified in 2016 continued to plague the company right up until the beginning of the COVID-19 crisis. Chief among these was Moderna's struggle to prove that its technology worked and that it was safe. Concerns about the safety and efficacy of the company's products, which were publicly reported beginning in 2017, evaporated in the wave of panic surrounding COVID-19 and the simultaneous warp speed, quote-unquote, race for a vaccine that would, quote, end the pandemic, unquote. Yet there is little, if any, evidence that these once well-recognized concerns were addressed prior to the U.S. government's emergency use authorization of Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine and its now widespread use in many countries around the world. To the contrary, there is evidence that these concerns were covered up both prior to and during the development of its vaccine, unquote. Moderna, a company in need of a Hail Mary by Whitney Webb, www.unlimitedhangout.com, 2021, 
forward slash 10 forward slash investigative reports forward slash Moderna, a company in need of a Hail Mary. Frequent readers and listeners know that I never believed the official narrative, quote unquote, about COVID-19 put forth by the government and the controlled monopoly media. I always thought there was something fishy about it. The narrative and policies supposedly designed to mitigate the virus were unprecedented, not in an innovative, beneficial way, but a this-makes-no-sense way. The first thing I recognized was that we were being targeted for full-court press propaganda, mind control, and a very obvious and sophisticated campaign. I saw eerie similarities between 9-11 with the constant TV images of the burning Twin Towers and the words, America under attack, and the 24-7, 365 computer-generated images of the, quote, novel coronavirus, unquote, broadcast over and over and over again. I knew we were being subjected to a massive propaganda barrage designed to create fear, hysteria, and panic. It worked. The media kept repeating the wild, chicken-little-type projections of Neil Ferguson, a British medical statistician from the British Imperial College in London, which, by the way, is heavily funded by Bill Gates. The problem is Neil Ferguson's previous pandemic predictions never panned out. So why was Ferguson the poster boy for the COVID pandemic, quote-unquote? The good news is Ferguson has since been exposed and disgraced. Never before had a public health official or officials recommended the quarantine of healthy people. Usually, only the severely ill were kept in isolation, not the healthy. Next, the powers that be started arbitrarily enforcing policies they said would last two weeks to, quote, flatten the curve, unquote, meaning curtailing the spread of the virus. They shut down the whole economy around the world. Two weeks turned into well over a year. The consequences of those policies have been devastating on so many levels economic, social, and political. What's worse, any criticism of those policies is treated like it's treason or terrorism. Next, they said only cure was a vaccine, not our natural immune system, not natural herbs, vitamin supplements, meditation, fasting, or healthy diet and lifestyle, only vaccines. They circumvented the normal research, development, and testing processes under the pretext of Operation warp speed, quote-unquote. Another unprecedented move, especially when experimental gene therapies were being considered for use. It usually takes between 10 and 15 years to bring a new vaccine or medicine to market. Those clowns proposed it in less than a year. Where was their concern for our safety? When I read about the company's inconsiderations slash contention for creating the vaccine, I became even more suspicious. Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer had a track record, albeit not so pristine, but at least they had brought products to market, including products proven to be extremely harmful. www.pharmaceuticalprocessingworld.com forward slash GSK dash Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson among the most fined drug companies, according to study. But Moderna had never brought anything to market in its 10-year history. How is this possible? How can companies like Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, who have been forced to pay billions in fines, and a bit player like Moderna be selected for such an important initiative? 
I really started to smell a rat then, and I shared my concerns in my articles and my podcast. How could the FDA and the Trump administration be so reckless about our safety? The answer is regulatory capture. Regulatory capture is when agencies created in the public interest, like the FDA, SEC, FCC, end up advancing the political, commercial, and economic interests of the very people and companies the agency was created to regulate. The U.S. FDA is not on our side. It is in cahoots with Big Pharma, the banksters, and other special interests. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash theconversation.com forward slash why is the FDA funded in part by the companies it regulates dash 160444. Regulatory capture is a symptom of corruption and the U.S. is rife with regulatory capture slash corruption. It is bipartisan and endemic. Back to Moderna. I urge you to read Whitney Webb's two-part article on Moderna at https colon forward slash forward slash unlimited hangout.com forward slash 2021 forward slash 10 forward slash investigative reports forward slash Moderna, a company in need of a Hail Mary. Then you will see how Big Pharma, the government, and banksters collude to turn a profit at our expense. We need to know this. Lastly, read how the powers that be started formulating propaganda and messaging for the vaccines way before they were even set to be put on the market. Check this out. Provax messaging, including societal guilt, was being tested six months before vaccine approval. You can find that at https colon forward slash forward slash the free thought project dot com forward slash vaccine messaging tested months before vaccine connect the dots think for yourself and stop falling for the flim flam and the okie doke we need to be clear that we're being as malcolm would say took had bamboozled hoodwinked about this whole piece and in future episodes we'll elaborate further on regulatory capture or some people call it agency capture and also connect the dots about the FDA and how it has been influenced not just by the pharmaceutical companies and the government but also by the big asset managing companies like BlackRock, State Street and of course Vanguard. And before we close out I want to check out something that just came out recently dated is from the children's health defense website an excellent website and you need to check out that that site is being censured by uh, facebook youtube and the other monopoly platform uh digital entities that are doing a great job in suppressing alternative thought debate or any peer review of any of these bogus reports and stuff that are coming out that are totally pro-vax, totally uh, pro-genetic authorization and self-promoting of the authorization. It says, unconscionable Pfizer, Moderna to rake in combined $83 billion in 2022 COVID vaccine sales. It's dated October the 20th, which is the date that I'm recording this. I'll share some bits and pieces of it. It says, a report by Health Data and Analytics Group, Airfinity, projects unprecedented, and that's their word in quotation, air quotes, 
sales and profits for Pfizer and Moderna in 2022. According to the People's Vaccine Alliance, the companies are pricing their vaccines by as much as $41 billion, that's billion with a B, above the estimated cost of production. Vaccine makers Pfizer and Moderna are projected to generate combined sales of $93.2 billion in 2022, nearly twice the amount they expected to rake in this year, said Air Affinity, a health data analytics group. Keep in mind, in 2019, going into 2019, the Gallup polling and data analytics company, Gallup, did their usual most trusted, least trusted poll. That particular year, the pharmaceutical industry was at the very bottom. It was ranked the least trusted industry in the United States, below the media, below politicians, below a lot of other companies that had sullied their reputation. Why? Because at that time, Big Pharma was reeling from the opioid crisis, revelations about price fixing, which is part and parcel of this article that is appearing in the Children's Health Defense, and also the unsavory business practices that they were engaged in, bribing the doctors, the lobbying, the the billions of dollars that are spent annually in lobbying, and of course, the the billions that they spend in in advertising on the monopoly corporate media networks and, and cable stations. And so all of a sudden, because they had planned to so-called mitigate the impact of SARS-CoV-2, a.k.a. coronavirus disease 2019 that was shortened to COVID-19, they jump-started a program to find a vaccine, uh, which what they call a vaccine, which is really not a vaccine at all because it doesn't contain any of the elements of the SARS-CoV-2 bacteria or virus. That's what a vaccine is. That's what it has been since vaccines were first discovered where they took the pus from a cowpox and injected it into the milkmaids and they watched the milkmaids bodies generate resistance and antibodies to the the cowpox and that's how they discovered the efficacy of vaccines that's the history of vaccines and that's what a traditional vaccine is these are not traditional vaccines although now they are moving to alter the definition of vaccines almost like You know, 1984, where Winston Smith worked for the Ministry of Truth, and his job was to to change history, to alter history, to to promote the the so-called news speak, the double speak, what we now call Orwellian speak, to make lies the truth, war, peace, and enslavement, freedom. That's what's going on now. And so the very nature of how these companies were selected, I'll talk about that in as we elaborate on regulatory uh, capture. Suffice it to say that one of the main people on the Pfizer board was a gentleman who had just left the FDA, and he had been in a top leadership position at the FDA. And so there's a whole uh, type-in revolving door FDA uh, Big Pharma in your browser and you'll see articles that come up to show you how oftentimes people in the FDA leave and then they go to serve Big Pharma. This is nothing new. It happens in the defense contractors where the 
generals and admirals will retire and then they'll go work for Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and, and General Electric and some of these other major defense corporations. So there's a nexus of collusion in all of this. And when you look at regulatory capture and agency capture, it's really a form of corruption. It's really a precursor or part and parcel of fascism where the corporatism comes in and subverts the state. And you have this blending and melding of the state, which includes security forces, as well as these regulatory agencies. You see the same thing in the SEC. You see the same thing in the FCC and on and on and on. That's why the United States is so corrupt, because this is endemic. It didn't start out that way, and I'm not convinced that it was purposeful. It just evolved that way because of the money that was involved and because of the willingness of these people to put out money, as we saw in one of the issues, one of the reasons why the big farmers is so hated, because they're willing to do things and put profits over people, where they'll put out products that have major flaws or major issues, but they don't care. They acknowledge it, and when they go to court through discovery, they find out that their researchers, their scientists knew that there were problems, but they covered them up and they just put the products to market anyway. And we saw that with the um, talcum situation with Johnson & Johnson. We, we're seeing it with the opioid situation where they knew full well that these doctors were prescribing and over-prescribing opioids and they did nothing about it other than keep shelling out the money to get the doctors to do it. So this is where we are in this country, and we need to understand that they don't care about our health. That's not their top priority. Their top priority is profits. As a corporation, as a publicly held corporation, quote-unquote, because really we see who people are that are managing their assets, their first responsibility is to their shareholders, their stockholders, not to the consumer. And that's just the way it is in American business. As long as that is the top priority, there are going to be problems. There are going to be conflicts of interest. There are going to be out-and-out criminal activities. And until that is resolved, until you get a government that is willing to stand up and be supportive of the people who elected them and put them in office, this is going to continue and it's going to get worse because, as we've seen, as a result of much of this so-called mitigation policies, the billionaire class has gotten richer. They've added trillions collectively to their own wealth. And a lot of times it has been at our expense. They've exploited this situation. Uh, they've taken advantage of opportunities. They took advantage of the shutdowns that destroyed small businesses, but allowed the big box and the big name companies to remain open under the guise that they were essential. So what's essential about Walmart as opposed to your neighborhood grocery store or small mom and pop stores? Because those were the ones that were put out of business. And so what we're seeing are these unintended consequences. And I put a question mark behind that because I believe that some of the people who were in the room making these plans knew this was going to happen. Just like they knew forcing people into isolation, locking down healthy people, closing out their businesses, closing out their way to make a living for themselves was going to have devastating emotional, economic, psychological, as well as social implications on the people, particularly a, a species that is gregarious, is social in nature. And so you look at what they have done. Not only have they made a lot of money at our expense. 
but they are engaged in what I call social re-engineering, where they're openly talking about a great reset. But even before that, they were planning this, knowing full well that it was going to be major societal breakdowns. There were going to be consequences way beyond the short term. A lot of this trauma that is the result of being locked down, having your norm taken away from you. And by norm, we're talking about your daily, weekly patterns of behavior, activities, and engagement. Because human beings are creatures of habit. Culture and uh, folkways and, and uh, subgroups, behavior, values, how they think, their worldview, those are developed over time. A lot of times they're passed down from generation to generation. And we're living in a time of rapid change. And rapid change can be difficult. But when you include this technological disruption and social disruption because of technology, then you pile on arbitrary and capricious mandates that were imposed by the government. It creates an even bigger problem, particularly in a quote-unquote democracy or representative government where the people, the citizens expect to have a give and take with their elected officials. Well, there was no give and take. They just handed down and just what they're doing now, they're handing down these mandates and you're seeing around the world, if you're attuned to uh, global media and not the claptrap that you get with the corporatist media or the, the monopoly digital platforms. If you seek out other forms of information, you'll see there's massive pushback to these vaccine mandates in Europe. Uh, there's pushbacks in Australia where they've just gone buck wild and in total uh, martial law. New Zealand, where the government has been successful, and you and you also seen it in Canada. So you've seen the primarily the Anglophile countries, although France is doing it, Germany is doing it too. But on the other hand, you're seeing Finland, Sweden, and Denmark doing away with them. So you're seeing the resistance and the the countermeasures, like in Finland, Denmark, and Sweden, who, by the way, did not go full bore on this lockdown situation is not being covered in in the media. Most people don't know it. You're not going to see it on the nightly news. And so we need to know these things. We need to see how the media is in collusion with Big Pharma. And you can see it on a, a crass level because Big Pharma is one of their major advertisers, their major source of revenue, major source of income. But it goes beyond that. You have the interlocking directorates with the, the board people, of the media conglomerates, the six media conglomerates that pretty much run all media in this country, except for a handful of alternative sites. And you have the interconnectedness with the big pharmaceutical companies, their, their board of directors. You have BlackRock, which manages their assets and holds a lot of the stock in all these companies. So it's easy for them to manipulate things. It's easy for them because it's, it's just a handful of them compared to 7.6 billion human beings, when you look at the people that we're dealing with, these CEOs, these people who are on the boards, these shot callers, there's only a couple of thousand of them. And when you juxtapose that with the masses of humanity, that's nothing. So, you, so you're talking about a very select elite who are pulling the strings, who have the resources, 
who have the means and the opportunity, and we're going to be talking about in the not-too-distant future, we're going to be asking questions. Is this a natural occurrence? Was it an accident? Was it the result of -of gain-of-function research, bioweaponry, biological warfare? And is it a crime against humanity? So we're going to be looking at those things in the not-too-distant future to give you a different view, a different perspective. Doesn't mean you have to agree, but at least it's a different perspective because if you look at what's going on, they're discouraging alternative perspectives. They're discouraging anything that questions or provides dissent for their ongoing, steadily evolving narrative. Remember in the beginning, and one of the things that has happened to us with mind control and mind entrainment, we have short memories. You know, a lot of times our memories of things, and they know this, is caught up in the current news cycle. So we were bombarded with certain information. We forget about what they said to us two weeks ago. Because remember, two years ago, they said, uh, this is to flatten the curve. This this is only going to be temporary. It's only going to be two weeks. Uh, they were saying, you know, children are not at risk for this. There's no need to be concerned. We don't want you to, to be overly concerned about your child because there's almost zero percentage that they're going to catch this thing. Their main concern was at that time, we're looking at the elderly and they even went in when they started saying some of the things that are true because, you know, the key to propaganda is you, you include some truth in it that people can recognize in with the lies and the disinformation and the worldview that you want people to accept as reality. You know, it has to include something that they're familiar with at this point in time. So one of the things that they said was, well, the people with comorbidities and then even the the CDC came out and said only 6% of the people who were dying had COVID alone. The other 94% had comorbidities and they had a whole list of them. There's 20 some comorbidities and certain ethnic groups like African Americans, a lot of uh, indigenous Native Americans and some Hispanics. We fall in the category where we're at the top of the list for a lot of these comorbidities, respiratory problems, obesity, dementia, cardiovascular issues, diabetes, you name it. And they're all in conjunction. And what that means is that you have a a, a, a compromised immune system. And that makes it very susceptible to a weaponized pathogen. And I believe that's what has happened, that these particular coronaviruses have been weaponized. Coronaviruses is over 400 different coronaviruses. The, the virus that causes the common cold, influenza, and uh, the usual flu that we get in the wintertime, fall and winter, are coronaviruses. And the thing about it is that they have not been able to find any vaccines that can eradicate, and listen to what I'm saying, eradicate those coronaviruses. You can have a vaccine like they do for the flu and they have to get a new one every year that can mitigate the symptoms. It does not eradicate the coronavirus. Why? Because they're constantly mutating. And as we have seen in in the recent years, the flu and particularly influenza can be very deadly. So sometimes the mutations make it more contagious. Sometimes it makes it more lethal. The fact of the matter is there are no vaccines to eradicate coronaviruses. And that's why they, they, one of the things that they, they moved into these, this mRNA to try to, to do something to manipulate 
us genetically so that our bodies would produce specific antibodies for these or this particular coronavirus, which is silly because your immune system has been the result of hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. It is divinely ordained and it's part of your makeup that you have no direct input into because of the intelligence within your system is designed to protect you from the millions of bacteria, pathogens, carcinogens that are in the, in the immediate environment anyway. So when you're dealing with people who have this mindset, and keep in mind, the people at the top don't care about us. Because if they did, most of the products that are on the market today wouldn't be on the market. If the FDA was really doing its job, these products would not be on the market. Look how long it took them to deal with cigarettes and, and cigars. They're, they're still on the market, but they don't allow them to advertise on television and radio like they did in the 50s and the 60s. They don't have as much product placement as they did in the 30s and 40s in the movies where everybody smoked. And so that's just an example. And of course, they had the propaganda and the lies where even camels had a campaign says seven out of 10 doctors smoke camels. I mean, to trying to get you to think that, oh, it's okay. There's, there's nothing harmful about cigarette smoking. And of course, the people who rose that question and those issues were demonized and vilified. But as time has gone on, We've seen that they told the truth, just like people who are being marginalized, ostracized and demonized. The truth is going to come out about a lot of this that's going on. It's not just the inoculation. It's not just the jab. It's the whole process where we've been had. We've been duped. We've been tricked. We've been bamboozled. They don't care about our well-being. That's not the issue. When we begin to look at their behavior and then juxtapose that with their actions. And we're going to talk about this because I've just done some research and I've just done a whole slew of articles on this to show just how ruthless and reckless the government has been. I'm not even talking about the pharmaceutical companies. I'm talking about the government, what they've done to people. And I'll just give you a little hint or a little tease about the times that the government has unleashed pathogens among the citizens that they considered were non-lethal in the New York subway system. They sprayed pathogens over California, specifically San Francisco, to test to see what would happen. And this is not recently. I'm just talking about stuff that happened in the 50s and 60s and the 70s. So this is the history of your government. And of course, we know about the Tus things like the Tuskegee experiment, so-called experiment that lasted 40-some years. We know about the introduction and creation of LSD and how that was given to unsuspecting citizens. We know about the mind control experiments run by the CIA. So this is part and parcel of what's going on. We, we know that, say, Fort Detrick was, was closed in 2019 because of suspected leaks there. And we know the biological warfare, the anthrax, and some of the other things that were going on there. And, of course, the lesser-known thing is that the surrounding community has been complaining about carcinogens in the atmosphere, the soil, the water, and the number of people who live in the immediate vicinity of that facility getting cancer. Of course, they poo-pooed that, just like they poo-pooed the impact of Agent Orange because Dow was able to buy people off until it finally came out 
and they finally recognize it, the lethal and deadly impact of Agent Orange on American soldiers. And the list goes on and on. I mean, I have a limited time to do the podcast and we'll do a series on it, but this is what's going on. That's why I'm saying it's not just the vaccines. It's not just the pharmaceutical companies. It's a crime against humanity, and I'll make my case in future programs. So until we meet again, think for yourself, engage in mental decolonization, free your mind, the rest will follow. Till next time, stay well, stay safe, and most importantly, stay sane. Peace. (laughs) Peace.